Welcome to Larry Reedy's America. Uh, today's guest is Steve Harmeyer, and Steve has a very popular uh, site uh, called the 812, deals with news. And without uh, further ado, Steve, welcome to the podcast. Larry, thanks for having me. And for our Batesville audience, first off, there's another Steve Harmeyer that owns Harmeyer's Market. That's yeah. not me. Yes, yes yeah, I, know. I got my, I got my last case of Lone Star beer there, and I tripped on the curb and pancaked, really bad. <laughs> so, that ain't good. <laughs> anyhow, uh, Steve, uh, let's tell the audience because it's not just a local audience, but. Uh, tell the audience where you were born, grade school, high school, and then I'll ask you a few questions after that. Sure. Yeah, born right here in Batesville. Grew up in the uh, community of St. Mary's, which is between Batesville and Brookville. Um, went to St. Louis School, and I would have been the third grade of uh, boys I went to OA. I went to OA for two years, transferred to Batesville. And, and for me, personally, when I transferred over to Batesville, it was a great experience for me. Um, in high school, started working at WRBI, went to college down in Louisville at Bellarmine University. Wait a minute, you said you worked at WRBI? And starting as school. a junior in high school. Well, well, what were you doing? Then? Well, I'll tell you what, they, uh, Batesville High School had a career day in Casperdet, if you know that name, came to the career day. Um, it, it, obviously, they have all different types of sectors. Yes. And so that very night, I went to... Uh, WRBI to get an application, and it was about six months later they called me, but I was, for example, right now it's football season, I would be in the studio during football games, you know, going to the commercial breaks and all that kind of stuff. Okay, so you were operating in Quentin. Yep. Okay, mm -hmm. okay. And you did that in what, what year in high school? A junior, senior, and then really, it was always somewhat of a part-time job leading up to, um, you know, through the college years, and then I was working, like, for example, one of my first real adult jobs was Hillrom, mm -hmm. and then uh, Mary Mattingly left WRBI. Um, she was a former news director, and that opened the uh, door to okay, me. Okay, but before that, okay, oh, you went, where, what college did you get? It's called Bellarmine, okay. and it's in Louisville okay. University, or Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, what did you major in? Communications and criminal okay. justice. Well, that's a good combination. Yep. That's, yeah. And I've told you before, we went on air, my grandson, Teddy, he's majoring mm -hmm. in communications, and uh, he shadowed uh, reporters at uh, Channel 19 this, really? this year. Yeah, so it uh, be interesting uh, where it goes. I, I hope he made a very good impression, and people at Channel 19, I hope he comes back to Cincinnati. Well, it would be a great start um, for him. So is he a senior in college? Or? Yes. Yeah. yeah, if he can walk into Cincinnati at his age and experience level. I know you mentioned he had quite the internship this summer out in, uh, where is he, in Los Angeles? or? No, he's in Mississippi State. Oh. Um, yes, but the, the Fox News thing. No, Fox News oh. in Cincinnati. Oh, oh, okay. oh I'm following the Channel you. Channel 19. Well, that's a great experience. Yeah. yeah, if he can walk in to Fox 19 right out of college, he's in pretty good shape. Yeah. Well, uh, and hopefully that'll happen. Mm -hmm. So, but anyway, so, uh, so with your minor was criminal, criminal justice. Yep. Oh. So, when you got out of college, did you have any thoughts about going into police work besides me? Okay, explain. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean my, I always thought growing up that I would go into law enforcement, and that, you know, certainly have a respect for that. And, and I'll tell you what, full disclaimer, I didn't graduate college. Okay. Yeah, so 
Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell a little joke here that I do tell some like cop friends and stuff. My, I have a brother that's younger than me, and he once said we were out shooting guns or something like that. I said, yeah, I would like to go into law enforcement. He said, Stephen, you wouldn't make the pimple on the ass of a cop. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was an MP in the Army when I was in, and, I, uh, and there's a long story on that. But anyway, so you decide not to go into law enforcement. So out of college was your first job back with RBI or Hillrock? It would have been a mix of both. So those young years, just uh, similar to, you know, a lot of different places like grocery stores, I was a part-time worker at WRBI. And then, yeah, that first full-time job was Hillrom. And um, and that would have been about 08, 09 in that, that time frame. Okay, well, everything, from what I understand, talking to Matt Scheidler, everything's pretty well automated at WRBI. Is that correct? Yes, that's a big change compared to where it was when I was there, and Brentley can relate to that. Years ago, uh, when I started, for for example, tomorrow night there'll be a Cincinnati Reds ball game on. Back then, you needed a person in studio to go to your local commercial break, which was at the end of the second half of the inning. You got the top of the first and the bottom of the first. You had to have somebody at WRBI to take that to that local commercial break every single inning. That's now automated. You don't need that anymore. Yeah, so Matt is correct. A lot of, and I can imagine what radio was like 25 years ago, let alone in my 15-year span or something. It's changed. You can't imagine. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you. So. But Matt Matt still does part-time for WRBI out of his house. Oh, I didn't know that. The, yeah, yeah. But years ago, uh, listen to Cincinnati Reds, when they were on the road, uh, Wade Hoyt was the announcer. He's a mm-hmm. retired baseball player, Hall of Famer, played with Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, and them. But this is a long time ago. So let's say they were playing the Brooklyn Dodgers at the time. They were still in Brooklyn, not Los Angeles. They would get a teletype on each batter, each pitch. And Wade Hoyt, would be making up, he'd say, oh, right, hit that right, right on the corner, right on, he didn't know where it was. And, but the neat thing was, if they had a rain delay any place, he always had the stories back of the New York Yankees and everything, it was, it was a tremendous, but I mean, can you imagine sitting at a microphone and, and talking to people about the game live going on, but you got this delayed teletype coming in that you have to read what's happening off of. I mean, he, I, I think everybody was talking about how good Marty Brenneman was and everything. Wade Hoyt was a genius to be able to pull this off. Mm-hmm. I mean, it had to be the hardest thing in the world to do. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. it's a... Uh... Yeah, Matt, speaking of Wade Hoyt, I, I, I listen to a lot of 700 WLW and Lance McAllister. The, yeah. He, so he plays some old, remember Bob Trumpy? Oh, sure, Trump, yeah, yeah, old, yeah. He had a good show. Yeah, so he, it wasn't too long ago where they, they'll pull out old um, interviews of Bob Trumpy, and he had Wade Hoyt on, and yeah. Wade and Bob were talking about a Babe Ruth story. So when you yeah. were saying that, it kind of reminded, yeah, yeah. reminded me of that. Trumpy's had uh, old dementia for years, so, you know, too many, too many hits. <laughs> you know, playing football, but uh, okay. So, you're how many hours were you? I, I guess you were full time at Hillrock. 
Mm -hmm. And how many arms were you putting in at RBI at the time? That's not something I've not thought about in a while. It was probably just the like the Reds games and the football I, Friday nights. Nothing incredible. Okay. But but you stayed in touch, waiting for. Mm -hmm. uh, were you in the factory at Hellrow? Nope. I actually held a few different positions. If you, if if anyone listening recalls locally, oh nine oh eight, there's a. Well, recession. There was quite a big layoff at Hill Rom. I was actually one of those that got laid off from Hill Rom, but I had the, probably the best layoff story you could possibly get if you if you didn't want it. I was on capital service, and then they at the same time while they were, you know, changing their associates or whatnot, um, they brought up the rental service from Charleston, South Carolina. So when I got quote unquote laid off, it was actually, you know, you can either take a severance or take this other position on the other side of the basement and get paid more. Oh. So, so I, yeah, and so, so that was that was one position, and um, like I said, great experience working there. I also worked in IT um, for Hillrum. Probably one of the, the most unique things I did, which was pretty cool to see if you're from Batesville, is they uh, totally reached they they changed out all their phones at Hillrum back in 2012, and um, so myself and another employee, we actually installed every single phone on Hillrum's campus from the CEO's office down to anywhere you can imagine on any factory floor. The only place I've never been that Hillrum owns that I believe is Jawakta Farm. It's the only place I've never been in Batesville that's Hillrum property. Really? I think. Well, that's, so that's just based on that posi that position where all the phones yeah. are. Yeah. So how long did you stay at Hillrum? A uh, handful of years. Um, in 2013 is when the position at WRBI opened up. Okay. And that position was? News director. News director mm -hmm. at WRBI. Okay. And did you have a lot of competition for the job, or did just because you were there part-time, they said, hey? Yeah. Yeah, it was, a, it was a phone call from Ron Green. Oh, and that's it, great. Yeah, it, it, it was an absolute blessing. I mean, that was, to me, that was all, the whole world to be able to do that full-time. Now, at that time, Brent Lee didn't own it, did he? Yes, he did. did that he was right. It? That's right about the time the ownership really? switched over. Oh. I think. Okay. I think. Okay. So, how long were you news director? Would have been about a year and a few months, and then I had another opportunity come up, and that we that would be seven hundred WLW. Oh, you worked seven. Mm -hmm. Really? Yep. Willie. Willie. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. I I heard somebody said yeah. Uh, Willie's supposed to be uh, 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 the uh, Amer all-American guy. He said, Willie doesn't even go out of his house. <laughs> he said, he's a homebody. He doesn't get around. He, he's a good guy. I'll, I'll oh, tell you what, th that was a fun environment being down there. It was a big leap going from, because WRBI was my whole world. I mean, this, you know, for to put it in, because I just love living around here, you yeah. know, especially doing news now. At one point, I, I even read my grandmother's obituary on WRBI, oh, really? you know, I mean, so yeah. um, at that point, I was really, really also really, and that was kind of the, I think when more radio and TV was starting to embrace the digital side of web, yeah. I was, so I was really big on when I worked at WRBI, mandating six to seven web stories every day. So every time you went every morning to WRBI's website, it was a brand new look on stories. Um, so the way I got to WLW is WRBI, as we talked off air, is a, um, is a Reds affiliate. And so when you're an affiliate of the Reds, you get some privileges. One was going to Reds Fest. And so we would actually go down to Reds Fest 
and I actually would take some friends, and we would sit up in the and we would interview the players and whatnot. I think Brent, and, uh, Brent Lee, and I went one year as well. But you sit up in the green room with all the players and the girlfriends, and they don't know who you are. Yeah. And um, so we ended up befriending some some of the uh, young Reds at the time was like Tucker Barnhart and yeah. and Billy Hamilton before they made it up in the big leagues. But one year I took my uncle Rob, not to the green room. My uncle Rob Hermeyer is a great guy. Uh, loves the Reds, and uh, so he—I don't think he had ever been to Reds Fest, and so I'm kind of up in the green room and going back and forth, and all of a sudden I lose Rob in a sea of red shirts. You can't find him, but there's this guy signing signing autographs named Jim Scott, and so I walk up to Jim Scott and uh, of 700 WLW, and say, "Hey, I don't need your auto—not uh, looking for your uh, autograph, but just want to let you know my name's Stephen Harbour. I work at WRBI in Batesville." He goes, "You want to work in a bigger market?" Three weeks later, I was at I was at WLW. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, he's in he lives in Indiana. Yep, Hidden yeah, Valley. Yeah, yeah. In fact, we were we were at Willie's at Hidden Valley the other night, other day with uh, some friends of my mom or my wife, uh, and uh, you know the WLWT or WLW Radio and WLWT that's big time. Mm -hmm. I mean, they got a big big audience. Yes, they do. I've been privileged to work at both. Yeah. How long were you at WLW, and what did you do? Yep, uh, so I was what you call the street reporter. Okay. So wherever, whatever the biggest story in Cincinnati or the tri-state was at that day, that's the story I was assigned to on the street, um, reporting from, just like you see a, a television reporter on the scene, yeah. I was on the scene for the radio. And uh, so I was there for about a year, a little under, um, and I'll tell you what, what happened is I, I started missing the, the small town. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it, I'll tell you, like, it, it was hard to leave WRBI, but it, how do you say no to WLW? You can't. You've got to get the experience. Yeah, my very first story I ever covered for WLW, I was in the Hamilton County Justice Center. And, you know, we know what kind of stories we cover around here. Nothing real crazy. Every once in a while you have some something wild happen. Uh, but my very first story, I'll never forget it. Uh, her name was a, I'll, I'll keep her name off air, but it was a 22-year-old mother. And I was in court right next to her, like you are, who got uh, high on drugs and beheaded her two kids. And that she was in her initial arraignment, and I thought, "Yep, we're not in Cincinnati anymore, yeah. or no, excuse me, we're not in Batesville yeah, anymore." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that was the year 2015, the big Cincinnati story that year. Of course, you had the Major League Baseball All Star Game in Cincinnati, but also you had the UC officer gun down an unarmed black man, and that was my first taste of protest, covering covering how protests work. Yeah, and that was that was unique to see, but. Come about the time towards the end of my tenure, I was ready to come back home. Yeah. I mean, it, like I said, a great experience. Um, well, and you'll have, you'll have friends there forever, too. Oh, yeah. yeah I yeah. mean, it's, uh, uh, I, I, in fact, I, I'll tell you, years ago, uh, I advertised on with uh, Rich King, and I, but I don't think it was WLW. I think he was a DJ on might have been WSAI. I did mm. drive time and that, and and I got uh, we'd get invited to the dinners and everything. And it, it was it was enjoyable. But WLWT, you know, Jerry Springer used mm -hmm. to be. A, I knew Jerry real well. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, when I was younger, people would come up and ask me if I was Jerry Springer. Uh, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, uh, one of the businesses I had in Cincinnati was budget rent a car, and I I had I had like 17 different businesses at the time, a couple hundred people working for me, and I stopped by the location on Sixth Street, 
And it was in the morning, and Jerry Springer comes walking in. He used to rent cars to go to Newport, if you know what I mean. I think I, I'm following you. Okay. And he had a habit. He was a mayor at the time. He had a habit of parking a car in front of a meter at City Hall and never filling it. So he came in and I said, Hi, Jerry, how you doing? Larry, how you doing? Got any tickets in your car? Wait a minute. Goes out, rent a car, he's checking in, he brings a handful of tickets. And I mean, he's a really nice guy, not, not too strong on the common sense, but he was really a nice guy, very smart, could sing, played the banjo, he could, you know, just a, a good guy, but... Uh, the the women thing were kind of a problem with him, mm-hmm. but uh, he's a uh, and uh, uh, I, I I'd see him at we had uh, season tickets uh, for the Big Red Machine what wow. two years in a row when they won the pennant. I, a buddy of mine and I we split it uh, uh, we split the box. He had four seat box. Uh, fortunately for me, his wife worked for Delta. And he'd say, uh, you want my tickets this weekend? So why, where are you going? Going to London. It was all free. You know, food, everything was free. So we got to see a lot of, a lot of good games. And one that I'll never forget, I'd take my camera with me. When Hank Aaron tied base Bruce records, we hit, our seats were uh, 16 rows behind home plate. And I got the ball going off the bat that he tied Babe Ruth's record with. Would that have been opening day? Yes. Yeah. And uh, it was uh, it was it was pretty neat. You know, I, I still got I got a blow up picture of it and everything. But you just see this little white spot. And uh, by the way, you know the sixteen rows. So you're you're going back into the seventies. Uh, I think the season, let's see, I, th- I think we paid the, for the four seats, I believe it was $520 a year <laughs> for four box seats, 16 rows back. And I think now if you go down there uh, and if you get the dinner package and drink package, was it 200 bucks a game Yeah, I think it is, like yeah, that? and the diamond seats. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Wow, that's what a unique historic moment to be at. That's awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. And that would and that would be Marty's first game ever, correct? I think you're right. I I I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and and if I'm not mistaken, it, it might have been another time, but I think Jackie Robinson made his last public appearance there before he died. Huh. And I saw. I saw my uncle took me to Crosley Field on Jackie Robinson's rookie year, and I watched him steal home. I was nine years old, and uh, and watched everybody in the ballpark booing because they were bigots. So, wow. Yeah. So, and uh, and later on at Riverfront Stadium, I was sitting at a game. And across from me, I looked over and I saw this guy. And I said, "Hey, 
said, you Harold P. Weaveries? He said, yeah. I said, come up from Louisville, watch the game? Oh, yeah, yeah. So I come up when I can. I said, you know, you really did a great thing befriending Jackie Robinson and, you know, being, being part of his life. He said Jackie was not only a great baseball player, he's a great man. And, in fact, the thing that I'm doing with the high school, I did a podcast where I was, it was, I was interviewing somebody that did research. Jackie Robinson was the guy. So, wow. so, anyway, so when you decided to leave WLW, which it had to be hard to do, did you call RBI first? No. Oh, you didn't call no, and say, no, can I have my job? <laughs> yeah, hey, I screwed up. I need back. No, I'll tell you what I did. Um, so it, in, when you think of resumes and what on it, if you looked at the resume, it still looked like a growth. I went over to Columbus, Indiana, and worked for, I was a news director for three radio stations. They were owned by Rising Radio. Uh, Brentley actually used to work there with me. Oh, really? So, yep, uh, like Corn Country, Mojo, and Q-Mix, if you ever hear them. Yeah, I know Q-Mix. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, and I'll tell you what, I'll tell you that actually, back this up this whole radio experience of mine which was all great i never took any vacation time it was just go time all the time and that's all i did and so what i did is a classic case of burnout and so so when i I was in columbus for a while and like i said every experience is great and this would have been just about 2016 and um and definitely you the politics were starting to pick up and all that and and uh but anyways yeah i ended up leaving so i was at the columbus radio stations for about I mean, maybe six months, seven months. I'm not even quite sure. Um, and uh, so I left there and took a hiatus and went pressure washing homes back home in Batesville. My brother, or I don't know if it's brother-in-law or half-brother, what the tor- term I should use, but he used to own a pressure washing company. Mm-hmm. So I actually worked with him for a summer, and it was different. I loved it. Yeah. Doing something a little well, different. Outdoors, yeah. Yep. That's a good change of pace. Yeah. And and then I, I started filling in for WRBI here and there. There was a, they had a, they had like a their news director was out for the week or something like that. So mm-hmm. they brought me in, and that's actually how Mayor Bettis and I got connected and led me to the city. Yeah. So well, was WRBI uh, when did they actually start their website? Do you have recall on, on that? Mm-hmm. I bet 2010, 2011, somewhere in that frame. Because. To me, you know, I see all these people, all the businesses advertising on it, and they are right up to date in the news, and it's just not covering the Batesville area. They're like the Abits, they'll be in Dillsboro, be in mm-hmm. Harrison, Ohio, all over. And um, was that Brent's idea? Oh, the that website? Would, yeah. Oh, I have no idea on that. I, I couldn't answer that. I, I think. Or was that before his time? I'm not quite sure. Probably a little bit before his time, I would think. Because like, there's, I think there's been two different versions of the WRBI website. What you see now, as you would know, it's been that way for a long time. Oh, I know. Yep. I mean, uh, that's probably that, that's the way it looked when I was doing the news. That's but the first were, thing I woke up in the morning. I, I, I I'm a, I'm a light sleeper. I, well, I should say light sleeper. I sleep dead man's sleep, but. Hmm. I can't sleep more than about five hours a night. Never could. And yeah. first thing I do, I go to WRBI's website when I come down, check out the news, check out the bits, and uh, and then I 
from there I go to Enquire, look at it a bit because I know so many people in Cincinnati. And then it's Fox News and then Google News. And, you know, but it's uh, uh, RBI is the first one I look at. And I just think that probably, you know, somebody's creating the news at RBI, that, like he has a news director. And I think that he has to be a good part of their income at, at RBI. I would think. I'll find out when I talk to Brent. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, I, I, I think if you've got a good website and you've got businesses, you know, subscribing to it, paying for it, uh, it it's, it's great. Because, mm -hmm. you know, when the Herald let, went shut down, we always have the Herald for local news, and that little newspaper they have now, I don't even bother with I just go to WRBI. I'll tell you what, that losing the Herald Tribune was a huge loss for this community. And I'm, so they folded when I was working for the city, and I think I mentioned it to Mayor Bettis at one point. I was like, I think they, they need to take the Gibson Theater approach and think about being a nonprofit. I agree 100%. So the problem with the bit, why, why I think it's a terrible thing that we lost the Herald Tribune I actually have an obsession with these newspapers. So there's a place in Batesville, and I'm not, not going to give it away, that has every original Batesville Herald Tribune going back to 1908. I discovered this when I uh, did the military banners in town. If you drive through Batesville, you'll yeah. see the military banners. It's one of the things I did for the city. And what I wanted to do was write a biography about the soldiers that we were, veterans we were recognizing about sacrifice. That goes beyond the typical term of military sacrifice. But there was a uh, narwhaled boy from Batesville that was in the uh, St. Louis Cardinals farm system and was drafted uh, in World War II and, and spent the rest of his life work. You know, he goes, serves his country, never goes back to baseball. Goes, you know, ends up working in a local factory. And as you know, for those around Batesville, we have two, we have a kid in the major leagues right now and one on his way up. Yeah. And with Zach Britton, that, that society has changed so much, you yeah. know, that they don't have to worry about that, about getting drafted. That's a, a unique level of life sacrifice that we, that kids can't relate to what that Norwald boy went through. Yeah. Well, you know, the only thing with having a local newspaper today, I, I don't know if you noticed, but a, a lot of, there's very small amount of advertising, even in Cincinnati Empire, compared mm -hmm. to what it used to be. Because people are acclimated, acclimated to get on the computer, go to their favorite news site, local news, you know, right away, and then they go to national news, whether it's uh, uh, USA Today uh, <laughs> or, uh, you know, I like I like Fox News and I I think their website's great. You know, so I, I, I don't know. And then I used to get the Wall Street Journal all the time, but I, 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 when I've, I've got that free online if I want it. And I, once in a while, I'll read an article out of it. But there's something nice about not having newsprint all over your hand while you're reading a newspaper mm -hmm. and looking at a computer. And especially now that we finally got Starlink out here instead oh, yeah. of, <laughs> you know, uh, where I've got some speed on the computer now. So, uh, okay, so after the pressure washing, hmm. uh, when did you start for the city of Batesville? It's, uh, August of 2016. Okay. Yep. So that would must have been, yeah, no, I think back a busy year. Went from radio, spent a few months, pressure washing, city of Batesville. Okay. 
And and what's your job? Actually, what's your job title, or what do you do? It was uh, community development director. Okay. Um, you know what that means? Because I don't. <laughs> I, I was going to say, well, let me think about that one, but I, I don't no, know. No, it, it's a bunch of. I mean, it, uh, and so Mayor Bettis gave me that that opportunity. It was it was great. I loved it. Um, uh, so uh, for me, with my background, I, I gravitated a lot more to the marketing side, yeah. and um, and uh, among certainly several other other things. Um, but if it's it's kind of a unique title. It's hard to explain because it can be a, mean a whole lot of different things. Um, but yeah, I, so I was there for about five years, and and uh, overall, good 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 experience. Okay. So, when did you come up with the idea of eight one two? You can thank uh, COVID for that. Um, in really? 2020, yeah. So background, um, real quick, and I do talk in circles sometimes. No, I apologize. That's okay. Go ahead. I said why? Yeah, <laughs> but, doing it for years. As I get older, it gets worse. <laughs> well, this is fun, I, and I like I said I really appreciate being here. This is fun. It's laid back. Yeah. Um, uh, so when I was about 13 or 14 years old, my grandmother said, "Stephen, I hope to live long enough to see you be a journalist." And like, well, Grandma, really? I want to be in law enforcement, or whatever. She saw something in me before I ever saw it. I mean. And so the, this 812 concept, um, I was always big about um, so essentially trying to market the city um, to try to think differently. Because a lot of cities across America, not singling anyone out, they do a lot of the same things. Um, what you'll see is they're, they're marketing the city the same way. It's a great place to live, work, and play. You can put that, on, that slogan on any city oh, in America. Absolutely. And so... When 2020 came around, I started having this this desire again to get back into journalism to an extent. I did miss it. And um, I already knew how to write for Cincinnati Radio, big league radio, and which transcends right over to television-style uh, writing. And uh, I thought, what if I went out and you know got a cheap camera and learn it first but just go out and tell stories about Batesville? But it looks like it, 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 looks like it should be on Channel 5, but it's super local. It's about the... Uh, historical society, you know, something like yeah. that. That was actually the very first one. I had her on too. Oh yeah, <laughs> Carolyn. Yeah, yep. she's great. Yep, yeah. No, they do a great job there, especially they have that big uh, Christmas toy train thing every year. Yeah. Um, and so, um, yeah. So that's that's how it started. And really, I really enjoyed doing it. But it was pretty early on when I was doing it that I thought, okay, I love this. This is up my alley. And and I've been in news for so long. And um, that I, I truly, I think it, beca- it comes with maturity and growth in journalism, where I started finding a love for, you know, those stories that you're missing that the Herald Tribune used to have, those feature journalism yeah. uh, stories. And um, so, yeah, so I kept doing that, and nobody would have known I was doing the 812, because we were doing it pretty much underneath, I was doing it on behalf of my job with the city, but not, you know, on city time or not getting paid, you know, yeah. I wasn't getting paid for it, I just loved it. But if, if anyone knows the name Amanda Garcia, she was our very first reporter. And so she was the one you saw on camera all the time. I would write the scripts for her. And I think a lot of people thought Amanda ran the whole thing, which was more than fine, because I was too scared to put my face on camera. It took me a while. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm just not used to it, you know. Yeah. It's different. And um, so, I, yeah, like the goal is really just to market the city in a, in a unique way. And also, it was a way for me to have a creative outlet. And it was uh, early 2021, and re- really even late 2020, I started having this idea that, you know, while I love Batesville, what if I could take this concept, I don't know where it could go, 
and maybe do this for all of Southeast Indiana. When I meant all of Southeast Indiana, I was thinking Milan and Brookville, you know, and Saint, and go out and spotlight Sally's Bar and St. Mary's. I never dreamt we'd be where we are, we are now. Um, and so the whole motto of behind this, uh, with with this eight one two thing is is it goes back to the yeah yes we do cover hard news cover a lot of the similar things you see on our RBI don't cover the news cover the culture because when a lot of us around here in Southeast Indiana turn on Channel five or nineteen you know you're seeing shooting and over the Rhine two people dead in a crash on two seventy five and it could be depressing for mm-hmm. a lot of people and I and I and the only time and most a big part of the eight one two and it just happened to be blessed with a location. We are smack dab in the middle of three television DMAs, television markets. Um, mm-hmm. So right here where we're at at your house, where you probably get you get Fox 19 and Cincinnati News, yes. you don't have to go too far to be in the Indianapolis market. Got it. Yeah. Right? Greensburg's in Indianapolis, yeah. too. And then Louisville. Yeah. The Louisville market's Madison, Indiana already. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so the only time those cameras are coming out from the cities is usually when it's negative. Yep. And, um, uh, and so, you know, so as this concept went on and I thought, what if I can potentially make this a career, um, you know, that's why I really form, sort of formulating the idea of, of the main concept of don't cover the news, cover the culture. Yep. You're right. And, you know, A, stay out of politics. We're, we're going to do our best to stay away from that. Stay away from COVID. I'm we're not, trying to yeah. stay away from politics. Yeah. I try. <laughs> it, it's easier for other than others. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah, of course, there's time. We all have yeah. our individual beliefs. Yeah. But, yeah, at, at the end of the day, like, it's... um. You know, I think what I have realized is there is a thirst for positive news in this part of the country, and most likely in communities like ours all over the country. Oh, they want to see what their neighbors are doing. Well, that's everybody positive. likes a good story. Everybody yeah. likes happy endings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, it, uh, it's just human nature. Yeah, and Larry, you'd be surprised. There is no shortage of stories. Like you would oh. think, I would we would just dry out on quote unquote positive stories. It doesn't end every day. Right. Yeah, there's. I, I I can't tell you the last time I've even wondered. Oh, I wonder what tomorrow's story will be. No, of course, breaking news pops up. But um, yeah, and I'd say the biggest blessing to the eight one two, and I mentioned it off air. Love doing the videos. Love the storytelling. Um, but it's it's the people I've met across Southeast Indiana, and the connections made is yeah. unbelievable. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. And now, how many people just are just you and the? Yeah. What's her name? Okay. Megan. Megan Platt. Yeah, man. Okay. So just the two of you are covering everything. Well, actually, so Megan doesn't cover anything. Megan is the co-owner of the 812. So oh. I was the sole uh, founder of it. Okay. When I So I know for the audience here. So um, in this past November, while I've loved doing the 812, never want that to stop, um, Fox 19 wanted to hire me. And so I went down there for a day. And, well, let me back this up a little bit more. So... What I realized about this time last year, in the summer of 2022, that Cincinnati News was starting to follow us and actually take some of our stories, which is flattering. That's fine. Yeah. And I don't mean press releases, but what, yeah. what I refer to is, for example, is specific examples. We had a story on Rachel Holt, the Milan uh, teenage singer that's yeah. really getting a name for herself. And about two weeks later, she showed up on Local 12 in the story. And I called Rachel. I'm like, How, how'd you get on Local 12? And she, and she said, well, they saw your video. I'm like, okay, they actually really are watching us. And when I worked at WRBI years and years ago, um, Cherie Palello was an East Central graduate. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's who, it's different because we're different genders, but that's almost who I idolized growing up, mm-hmm. you know, the, how you know how she enunciates words and stuff like that. So I emailed her in 2014 or, or somewhere around there and asked if I could meet her, A, to see if I'm 
for two reasons. One, am I doing news the, the right way? And the secondly, it was the heroin epidemic, and she was knee-deep in the heroin epidemic, wow. and that was affecting us here. And I was seeing if I could get her to, you know, to grab her for a story for WRBI, and she said yes. So I went down to uh, Channel 5 and met with Sheree, and, and uh, apparently we befriended each other pretty well. Didn't talk for several years. But about this time last year, when I knew Cincinnati News was watching us, I called Sheree one day and um, and it started talking about, hey, this is what I'm doing, this 812 thing. Um, and uh, you want me to start pitching you stories exclusively that only you guys get? And uh, yes, please. And so they, if I sent 10 stories, they probably aired nine of them. Really? And, uh, like, and the real one, when it really got going was, um, and uh, this is fun, a quick fun story about being starstruck, but... Last year, but almost exactly this weekend last year, I was up in Chicago for um, Corporal uh, Kelsey Lanehart, the uh, East Central Marine that was wounded in, uh, in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. And a year to the day of her um, wo- being wounded, she competed in the Chicago Paratriathlon. And uh, that was the first time I ever met her. And I've interviewed in my career Serena Williams, some presidential candidates. I've never been as starstruck as interviewing uh, when I met Kelsey Lanehart. Really? I, I don't know. I can't explain it. It was just... How what she meant to this area, because uh, yeah. if you, in, she was wounded in uh, August twenty seventh, twenty twenty one. If you would, and back then, if you would have driven through the communities of Bright, Logan, and Dearborn County, Lawrenceburg, it was Kelsey everywhere you looked, and American flags, and really that patriotism came out, and um, and so I mean that was an absolute honor to cover her. Obviously, I told Sheree I was going up to do it. Do you want me to cover this story? And and so what Sheree was. Uh, trying trying to do was get me to be a stringer for Channel 5. A stringer in television news is very common in Los Angeles and New York City because they're such big areas that there are people that are that will sit and listen to the scanner all night long, but videographers, and go out and film, like let's say a major car crash, a shooting investigation, and will sell that to the TV station. And they have partnerships. That's what a stringer is. And, um, and so... Uh, Fox 19 probably uses them, I would think, here. But cha- but that's what Shree was trying to get me hired to be with fo- with Channel 5 because I'm covering these stories already, and sending a reporter 45 minutes out here is not yeah. uh, doable a lot of times. But Channel 5 does not hire stringers. So anyways, that's the background with, with Shree. So Fox 19 wants to hire me. And it's a good station, um, uh, but very heavy on me. The, the, and then it's not just because of I'm King Media or something, but they really wanted to hire me quick. And it was that kind of that... To, for me, it felt a little too fast, and I called uh, how fast they wanted me to sign on that dotted line, and I called Sheree, and I asked um, uh, Sheree, hey, what do you think about this? You know, what do you think about Fox 19? Um, do you think it's a good opportunity for me? I still want to do the 812 thing, and um, she goes, Stephen, I never knew you wanted to be behind the camera. Why don't you come work for us? And I'm like, huh. And so and by the next day, the assistant news director was sending the salary, um, you know, we were, you know, gotten talks. And, of course, I grew up watching Channel 5. And no knock on Fox 19, by the way, at all. They're yeah. a good station. Well, they're all good. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so um, at the time where my head was at in life with, a, you know, a serious girlfriend and different things, I thought, wow, I can make good money. And, oh, by the way, Channel 5 is having me sign a contract that says I can keep doing the 812. Really? Yeah. So that would have been the polar opposite with Fox 19 based on their, their um parent company gray television would not have let that happen mm-hmm. and um so it was kind of a win-win and the fact that i get to work with sheree and mike and all those guys all those people um so yeah i went there in december and i was hired as a hired as a producer is what i did and so i'm leaving a kind of a part of the story out a little bit but um so a producer if you were watching the 
news at any point in time, um, you'll see they have an earpiece in their, up in their ear on the one they're talking to, one of the, the people they're talking to. Um, I, I pick the stories that you see on Channel 5, and I did the 5.30 news, p.m. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, obviously, you don't, you can't make um, a, uh, you know, baseball high school beats Milan, the top story in Cincinnati. Right, right. You know, there's oversight. But, yeah, you get down to the B and C block of the television broadcast, and it's almost, I mean, I have full disclosure what's going to get covered that night. Um, and then I write those stories. Um, and so that's what I did. And um, just, I'll tell you, you know, with uh, with Channel Five, it was by far in all the newsrooms I've worked in the best. Really, everyone's great. I mean, it was terrific. I don't have a single negative word about Channel Five. They they treated me fantastic, and I think the problem is is they thought I was like best friends with Cherie because she went to bat for me. So they mm -hmm. sat my desk right next to Mike Dardis and Cherie, and uh, some wonderful funny stories. Newsrooms are one of the funniest places yeah. to work in, and um, but. Um, as time went on, I really started missing the 812, and I know I've probably gotten way off your question. I apologize. No, actually, no. That's interesting. Yeah. 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 So in, in the meantime, I really missed doing the 812, and I, and I truly, at this age, I'm 35, I want to be here. I don't yeah. want to live in Cincinnati. You know, yeah. nothing wrong with it, but I enjoy being out on, living out on a country road and, you know, and, and, and covering the positives of rural America, where I think the news is actually needed more than anywhere else. And um, so it would have been about April, and they transitioned me from producer to assignment desk. So just a different role in the newsroom. It'll probably a little bit more fitting, actually, for yeah. um, for my skill set. And at that time, and what a lot of people don't know about TV, the TV industry, TV news, uh, if you're a police officer or a nurse or a teacher, you can put a two-week notice in, right? You can't do nothing about it. Here's my two-week notice. Not in TV news, especially yeah. if you're on air. Yeah, and yeah, you're, I'm sure you're on a contract. Yeah, yeah. And, with a buyout. Yeah, yeah, and your and your relative that you mentioned will run into that, into that, and that's probably the worst thing that TV has going with it. And then they do that because those newsrooms, like Channel 5's newsroom, is filled full of people from all over the country. Mm -hmm. You know, there's only a handful that are from the Cincinnati, Southeast Indiana, Indiana, Indiana area. You have a lot of our reporters are from, from Pittsburgh. You have a producer from Los Angeles. They're from all over the place. And I think they do that because TV is investing in those people to move. Yeah. And uh, But anyways, my first contract with Channel 5 as a producer didn't have a buyout agreement. The second one, that when they moved my role, they said, hey, same compensation, same length of contract. We just want you to sign this new contract. Hmm. And I opened it up, and it was a full-blown 24% buyout um, with two years remaining. I knew I wanted to come back to the, uh, the 812. And uh, so... I had to make a decision. If I sign this, which I didn't see my family for four months, because oh. I'm low man on the totem pole down there, rightfully yeah. so, yeah. you know. And so, I mean, in the, a TV newsroom is never empty. Yeah. Yeah. And so I missed Christmas and Easter and birthdays and all that kind of stuff, and which nurses and police officers do all the time. I'm very aware. Yeah. But so in April 26th, I actually gave a 10 week notice to 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 leave. So my last day was July 4th, but left on super good terms. I could probably oh. go back there if I wanted to. Um, but like I said, wonderful experience. I certainly grew, but my passion is the 812. Mm -hmm. So. Well, that's great. I mean, so are, are you, is it easier now than when you started to get advertisers or is mm -hmm. it still, I mean, I know that's a problem in any business because you, you got so many advertising dollars, small business, and, and you have to decide where you're going to put it. Oh, oh, certainly. 
Yeah, I think when it comes to advertisers with us, and, and so to answer your question, I, it is a little easier than I thought because I never was doing it last year. It okay, was all charity, yeah, essentially, yeah. you know, yeah. it, that I was just doing this for free and I love it. And hopefully by God's grace, I'll make this a career. Well, yeah. you got to learn how to do the sales side. And um, so with us, when it comes to advertising, I'm sure any media company would say the same, but it's all about uh, reputation and relationships. Yeah. Right. And I'm not going to sit here and sell somebody hey, pay us X number of dollars and we'll make you the most popular video on the 812. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. Um, so the answer is easier, yes. But, the, you know, there's all obviously competition and and also training the audience and the, the businesses to an extent, not train, but kind of teaching them this is not just a Facebook page anymore. There is a website, you mm-hmm. know, and this is the size of our audience. So yeah. Well, you know, I, I had, uh, what was Ron on? Uh Last week, Ron Decker. Oh yes, yeah, I, I saw that. And uh, the, it was very interesting with the Batesville online thing, and and his Digitech. I mean, and, mm-hmm. and I've known Ron since he was, a, you know, kid. So uh, <laughs> he's he's he he could expand it if he wanted to, but I think he's really busy and. I think Ron's 61 now, and I don't, I don't think he wants to. He's got the, the domains for Harrison and surrounding cities, but, uh, uh, you know, he'd have to find somebody who really would get out and hustle it. And there's not that many people out there today looking yeah. for that type of work. Mm-hmm. So, that's, so, okay, so your website is 812. Uh, 812now.com 812now.com and I know you're on Facebook and I'm and I've been on your website also um, how do you how do you pick and choose what town you're gonna go to mm-hmm. for the 812 because you got Batesville you get, you got real close surrounding areas but I'm, I'm sure you said, well, I think I'm going to go to Madison today and dig up something. Or, or how, how are you? How do you go about that? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah, so the primary base of the 812, and yes, I'm fully aware that the 812 goes all the way to Terre Haute and Evansville, but that's what we're doing here. And this actually goes back to Governor Eric Holcomb a few years ago before mm-hmm. COVID, regionalize your area. And that's even from my city government days. So the 812, the name, it was the name that was crafted based on, it's a way to regionalize the location we're in in Southeast Indiana. And um, uh, so the four, the six main counties that I'm covering is Ripley, Dearborn, Decatur, Franklin, Ohio, Switzerland. Mm-hmm. And the, now if you go to Brookville, that's a different area code. Yeah. That doesn't bother, that doesn't matter to me. Um, so how do I pick the area? It's really based on the stories. When I go down to Ohio and Switzerland counties, which are what I refer to her as as true news deserts have you ever heard of food desert <laughs> yeah. and, and so this is a thing across all of all of uh, small town america uh, well vivi switzerland isn't it vivi is the coolest town yeah, if you yeah. i'm telling you what so there's a famous um tattoo artist that lives in vivi um named kat von d she's big on i, I don't watch her tv shows but she relocated from la to vivi indiana of all places uh, and so well, I was down there meeting with um, some different business owners. Uh, this has been last month. And I was meeting with one specific business owner. And she asked if some others can come to our meeting. 
And I walk in, and the first person I run into is this girl that's tattooed up and down. I thought, that's Kat Von D, I guess. <laughs> and it wasn't. It was Kat Von D's best friend. So the, by the way, Vivi is some of the most unique people you will find anywhere in the in the, in the world that really? lives in. And it's like that in every community, yeah. but Vivi is just a little bit different. So this lady, her name is Roxy Mor- Mor- Moran, something like that. And so she's Kat Von D's best friend. So when Kat Von D was moving to uh, Vivi, uh, Roxy sees this nice building downtown Vivi that she wants to turn into a bar. And so... Anyway, anyways, so she's cut from the same cloth. If you'd see the, if you put the two side by side, yeah. and it, she, this bar, if you ever go down to Belterre or whatever casinos down there, um, it is the most unique bar you'll find anywhere in Southeast Indiana. It's like a step back in time. It's it's awesome. It, it's it's almost like an 1800 saloon, but when Roxy's not at the bar, she um, tours with Justin Timberlake and um, Justin Bieber. And she does wardrobe for them all over the world. And so she had it. She could live anywhere in the world, but she wanted to live. She has to live within 30 minutes of an airport. So Vivi, Indiana. Wow. That's, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. That, you know, it, it's, it's interesting because I don't care what town you're in or what country you meet interesting people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, uh, years, years ago, we were in Paris and London for a tr- convention. And we took a little extra time. And uh, the night that we were leaving, there, we were getting up early in the morning. My wife says, I'm going to bed. Well, I'm sitting at the bar, and a buddy of mine had a Honda dealership up in Maryville, Ohio, uh, introduced me to single malt scotch at that. So we're sitting there. And a guy comes in, and he's a port director for Wales. <laughs> and another guy's a salesman in London. And I'll tell you, funny thing about London, I, you know, I was in a pub. We were in a pub one time. I bought everybody a drink. And, well, you got a friend for life. You buy him by a drink. And uh, here, by the time I was there till 4 in the morning, we had to get up at 6. So obviously I slept all the way home, but uh, the guy who was the port director of Wales invited me, said, bring your wife, bring all your kids, we got a big house. <laughs> he invited us to stay there, and we stayed in touch for a while, but uh, you, you meet, I, I don't care where you are, all over the world. I, I uh, uh, while we were in Paris, uh, talk, you know, just talk about different people. My, I, I, lo- I love Paris. I mean, and mm-hmm. people are hustling and bustling, and I'm. Uh, one one day we're sitting uh, on the Champs Elysees, looking at the Arc of Triomphe, drinking a glass of wine and having a lunch, and I told my wife, I said, "How in the hell, to you?" Lower middle class kids never get to Paris here, you know. So, but the the thing is, I she went to the Louvre with a group of women. I went to the Paris Motorcycle Show, and after a while, I no matter where I go, if I was a convention in Vegas or something, I go off on the street somewhere, and I'll find something to do. So I found this bar. It was a busy intersection. I walked in. It was an open-air bar, and it was just proud as could be. 
So I walked up to everybody was talking. Yeah, they, they, they were all talking. They were all Frenchmen. They, nobody was speaking English at all. So I walked up to the bar and I had a handful of whatever the denomination was, the Franks. And I said, figure, in Rome, do as a Roman. I said, give me a Cronenberg, 1664. And I, and I put my hand out like that. And she looked at me. I said, try not to screw me too much. Everybody starts laughing. They, I, bought, they bought me three rounds of drinks while I was sitting there, and they all started talking to me in English. Wow. So, you know, you just never, you never know. No matter where you are, you're going to find good people. And, uh, and I, I think it's great that, that you're doing that. And, but, uh, like, when you went to Vivi, did you would go down there to see that you knew the tattoo artist was there? Is that why you went? Or did you just go to meet with people that you might get advertisers? Oh, no, we, uh, so that specific instance, uh, we went down to Vivi to um, really just keep getting our name out, get the 812 out there. Okay. You know, I understand not everyone knows us, uh, especially when you get down to Switzerland and in Ohio counties. And uh, so no, that's, that's really just learning the community and sometimes you learn the, the community best by business owners, not even talking advertising. There are no, no advertising talk at all, but really get to know the unique people because I don't want to get too much into Switzerland County, but for us, so, so there's me, you'll see me on the 812, you'll see my face, my stories and all that good stuff. And we have about five reporters. Um, and however it worked out, um, you know, so for example, there's Ellie Acra from Greensburg. That's a Purdue senior, Bella Monroe, Madison Cavins who's a Batesville teacher now, uh, Milan graduate, getting down to Switzerland County is a chore for us, right? It's kind of, it's kind of a little oh, bit of a drive. Yeah. So a lot of times what I go down there is try to find unique stories that we can cover, you know, in a, in a different way. So, and try and really pull out the uniqueness of Vivi is what mm -hmm. we're trying to do, but no, no advertising talk, but, um, yeah, so it's, um, yeah, I don't, I, I hope I answered your question yeah. there. What, what's, uh, like when you interview someone for the 812, what's your, do you have an average time frame that you're going to do this? I mean, is it a 10-minute deal, 5-minute deal, 15-minute, or it depends on who you're interviewing? Just, just the interview per uh, aspect of it? Yes. Yeah, it all, all depends, but yeah, 5 to 10 minutes. Yeah. And because, so if, you, if you've never seen the 812, so I mean, it's both web digital stories but also the video is how people got to know us best once again it's just like watching channel 9 or 19 i mean it's the same concept so we're editing everything we do and because a big thing with this society now at least i believe and and you know you feel free to share your opinion that the the lack of attend our attention spans have shrunk so oh. much and so <laughs> nobody wants a 10 minute video of whatever my story is going to be tomorrow yeah. condense it down to a minute 30 quick tell them what the, what it is and, and go on and and uh, but I'll tell you what's unique about news and a lot of people think that young kids don't care but it, so in the past the primary audience was Facebook that's where the big number is um, and Instagram was kind of, kind of always on the side like yeah. oh in Twitter I'll just do it if I get time whatever well we've really put an emphasis on Instagram since being back and I'm telling you what we have kids the amount of kids high school kids that follow us and interact with us is incredible. Really? Oh yeah, you could definitely tell that there's there's yeah. a desire even at that level. 
especially when you come to not just high, high school sports and high school happenings, and they're very supportive of each other's schools. Yeah. I remember Batesville and Greensburg being this big rivalry when I was in school, but it's you'll easily you'll see those rivals supporting each other. It, it's really unique, but um, that's one observation I've made. Yeah. Well, you know, the the thing is, with podcasting, I'm doing everything wrong, except when I did the gun thing because the average pod, the average drive time for somebody going back and forth to work is 28 minutes. Good point. So. The supposedly the perfect podcast is about 28 minutes because somebody gets in the car, they can listen to it, they get home, it's over. But I can't do that because when, like for instance, we're on uh, 56 minutes. Holy right smokes! Now. Yeah, and you you can't cover when you're interviewing people like when I. Uh, it was like pulling teeth. I, I had my wife, Matt's uh, wife, uh, Jill, and their daughter, Maglin. I had three generations of registered nurses. And getting my wife and Jill, Matt's wife, it was easy to get Mag to come on. They fought it, and it turned out it was a great podcast. I mean, it was fun because medicine has changed so much over, you know, the time. And uh, it, but most of my podcasts run between forty-five minutes to maybe an hour and fifteen minutes, and that may require somebody listening to part of it one day and the next day. But if you have interesting people that you're talking to, how do you how do you cut it off at a half an hour? Now, Joe Rogan, he's on some of his are three hours, and mm -hmm. I, you know, he, he, the f bombs a little bit too much in my point. But how do you argue with somebody that makes thirty million dollars a year podcasting? Yep. So no, I don't. I don't think what you're doing. I think it's a testament to you, though, because. Yeah. I remember thinking, like, even coming here, because I think in a very much, you know, when it comes to production of videos, sure. cook and dance, and I'm like, I bet I'm not going to give him 25 minutes today, is what I was thinking. Not that I don't want to, but I'm like, I, I you know, well, I, I didn't know, but you're a great interview. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what Richie Grayspear today said, well, what are me and my dad going to talk about? I said, oh, we'll find out. So we'll find out. We'll find a way. And I think he was nervous that we wouldn't take it and... To, I think they were on 55 minutes or so. And, and the only reason they got off early because John had an appointment to go to, and I knew a time limit I had to cut it off. So, but but I, I, it's, it's the ideal thing to, uh, you know, everybody thinks you should edit, and I don't, I, if I had to edit, it's more time to edit than I can do the podcast. And I've got a life besides this, you know. And uh, so I don't edit. I don't want to advertise. The only way I would ever advertise if there was some good American company that would do, do an ad, and I really believed in it, and I might do it. And, but I'm not really worried about that, and I, I really want to stay away from that. It's, and because and I, I at, at my age, I don't really need any money, you know. So I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not worried. I haven't worked in years, and uh, we, 
live a comfortable life. So if you can enjoy what you're doing, yeah, you know, I was just with um, some people down in Lawrenceburg earlier today, and that's what we were joking about that too, about what they do and their passions. But it'd be nice just to win the lottery, and I would nothing would change on the eight one two, probably for you either, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's you know, I'd probably give it away. Oh, I, yeah, I would too. <laughs> I'd, I'd just get, yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd give but, you more content. But you know, honestly, <laughs> I, I I think uh, I've always tried to get back to the community and did, did a lot of things over the years, and. Uh, and now that I got time on my hands, because I don't, you know, if somebody says, uh, can we do a 10 o'clock? Yeah, can we do a six? You know, if it gets beyond six, I don't want to do it. Yeah. Now, when I have my co-host for the whiskey and beer tasting, you got four guys that like to talk and like to drink. Sometimes it gets crazy. And I mean, the beer, especially the... We have on our whiskey podcast, they've got much better palates than I have, but we, we grade on one to five on <laughs> the, the, the nose, the, the, uh, well, the appearance nose, the palate, and the finish. And we grade one to five, and I've already tasted the whiskeys, but they don't know what they're drinking until it's over. And then I tell them what I grade it in the whiskey. But now when we get to the beer, we do four whiskeys, and they only get like three quarters of an ounce. Um, we get to the beers, we have a flight of six, and we do some craft beer, some American beer. Now we're kind of running out of the American beer, but <laughs> a lot of craft beer. And uh, sometimes we have some... 15 percent 19 percenters you know on so we have gone up to 100 uh, we've gone up to about an hour and 45 minutes already on a podcast because it get really gets kind of crazy <laughs> and and uh that's what happens when you get four people having fun and that that one we grade a little different we have excellent very good good Beats a blank and never again. <laughs> that's great. And as goofy as that sounds, that's uh, that's our beer podcast. We have a good audience and everybody has fun with it. That's what it's about. I, I did see that on your podcast today. Your, yeah, so, yeah, the most recent one. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and I mean the the guys that are on it. I mean, are just great guys and uh, and. In fact, I was in the liquor store today, and I picked up a couple of bottles that I didn't have, and uh, uh, picked up some more craft beer, because some of this craft beer, and, until we start doing a podcast, the only craft beer I ever had was Sam Adams, and this stuff is great. I mean, it's just terrific. And we have, I have little five-ounce mugs, and you figure. Uh, the head's going to be an ounce, so you got four ounces. So <laughs> basically, drinking two cans of beer. But fortunately, I've already drank the whiskey, and they have it. So <laughs> it gets fun. That is but fun. Anyway, we're over an hour. So, uh, any words of wisdom, or have any advice of anybody? You know, I think there's a, a lot of young people that are still in high school, that are undecided what they want to do, but 
I, I think the media is a great thing to get into. And, you know, maybe got some words of wisdom for somebody at BHS or Oldenburg or in Ireland or whoever's listening today. Uh, That's a great question. I, I'm really glad you asked that. That's a big thing with me. You know, I... Um, you, you, if you're in high school now, you know you have classmates that know they want to be a nurse. They know they want to be a teacher. There's some people just know in life, but the mass majority don't know. And there's some 30-year-old, 40-year-olds that don't know what they want. Either it's, I'll tell you the one thing in my life, and this, you know, and I'm blessed. If I'm if I'm blessed to be able to do the 812 and make that my my living and have a family and support a family through that, then I'm I'm blessed beyond anything. The thing is, is for me, follow your passion. If I didn't follow my passion in life, and I've been very blessed to be in positions where, you know, I need my head, I need to be on my A game yeah. mentally. Also, um, you know, in that passion world, I, I'm sure my life wouldn't. Honestly, I'd probably be a drunk. Honestly, if I was doing something I wasn't passionate about. Really? Yeah. I, yeah. You know, I, my favorite saying is, "Idle hands are not good for me." You know, I need to stay busy and stay busy in a passion. Um, but yeah, really follow your passion. That's the biggest thing, and seriously, it's and whatever they want to do is is doable. Mm-hmm. You know, I, now I can't go play for the Indiana Pacers this year, so not you know not everything, but I mean, if you have a dream, follow it. Yeah, a lot of people love, love to beat you down, don't they? Yeah, right. Yeah, well, you know, and and again, I had, uh, you know, I I always wanted to be a professional baseball player. Same here. But I and, and I played. Uh, I was on Army Atlantic. I pitched. Uh, I, I didn't have the desire to go. In fact, I, my thoughts when I got out of the service, I was in the canal zone. Uh, I was going to come home and uh, and marry marry my wife, <laughs> which I did 61 years ago. <laughs> so, uh, and, and I I didn't really have the desire that like Pete Rose really. I he was he was a. Uh, you're behind me, I think. Yeah, maybe a year, year and a half, maybe two years. Um, he didn't have natural talent. He worked. I mm-hmm. mean, boy, that kid, when they called him Charlie Hustle, he just worked at it. Uh, and uh, uh, it, well, I saw him play in high school, and I thought, well, if he sticks with it, he he might, he might not. You know, wow. some people are natural; they got that natural swing, and that he he stuck the fundamentals and never changed his swing. And even in pro baseball, he never changed his swing, but he changed the position in the batter's box, which is brilliant. I mean, and Pete's no road scholar, but it's brilliant to do that because. If you're, if you got know the guy's out pitch, he's gonna give you a slider or a sinker. Get up in that box before it breaks. Don't stand back because they, mm-hmm. if you're in the back, bat, bat, if you're in the back of the batter's box, it's too late. <laughs> and I noticed today, none of the guys change your position in the batter's box. Pete always did. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. And if you ever watch some films on him, you'll see that same swing. But, again, he won't be with different pitchers. He moves around that batter's box. Sometimes he'd choke up. Sometimes he won't. If he was, Bob Gibson was pitching to him, 
he'd choke up. You know, I hope you, so. You, I mean, you got to, you, you know, I mean, that's the most amazing picture I've ever seen. Bob Gibson. I'll, I'll tell you what. Yeah, I know we. Yeah, I know the podcast is getting a little lengthy. We, you can, uh, you and I could probably do a podcast on baseball because I'd be just as interested in hearing what you've seen. And that's that's real, that that you've seen those guys in real life. Yeah. Do you got time for one baseball story for me? Sure. And I, so my very last high school at at Batesville High School, I loved baseball growing up. Man, that was my thing. And um, uh, uh, my very last high school bat was against Alex Meyer, who played for Greensburg. And he ended up playing for the Twins and the Angels and whatnot. His cousin's Brian Hoeing that's in the big leagues right now. Yeah. Anyways, so I'm facing Alex Meyer, and I never was worth a, a crap at, at hitting. But I love to add this part in. I got a hit off Alex Meyer, just mental note for everybody. But when I hit first base, I snapped my ACL. The high school was done at that point. Yeah. Years go by, and I was at WLW. And when I worked, once again, when I was at WLW, being the street reporter, and which was on call 24-7, I probably should have added that in there earlier, it was always good to be in a central place in Cincinnati. So with 700 being a, a, a flagship of the Reds, I could sit up with the beat writers and, and whatever else. Alex made his second major league appearance ever at Great American Ballpark for the Twins. And so when Major League Baseball, in the last five to ten years, changed the way they give clubhouse credentials out, it used to be, I believe, by team, but now it's by league overall. So if you're credentialed by the Reds to be in the clubhouse, you could walk into the Yankees clubhouse if, in your, if you're in New York. Mm-hmm. In New York. And uh, so anyways, the Twins were in town, so I, so I went over and saw Alex, and Alex and I sat there for just a couple minutes in the Twins clubhouse. We're from Greensburg and Batesville, and we're sitting in the Twins visiting clubhouse, yeah. which yeah. obviously he worked his way to get there. I had more of a credential to get in, but yeah. so. But, you know, Brian Hoeing's dad, I sold him his first motorcycle. I, I knew his dad for years, and, uh, you know, just a super guy, and you know how he died, didn't you? no. His dad had epilepsy and was kind of under control. He and his wife were going to Little Charlie's for dinner. He had an epilepsy attack, hit his head, passing out on the sidewalk and killed him. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, he, uh, him and Donna raised a, raised a really good son in Brian. Brian's yeah. a good kid. I, I didn't, I, I probably saw him when he was little and, uh, uh, Donna Hoeing was a heck of an athlete. Yes, she was. I mean, you're really, really good athlete. So, but uh, Brian was Brian's dad was also Brian Buck. He he was such a good guy, mm-hmm. really a good guy. So, but anyway, we we've had fun, and I really appreciate you being on the podcast. And I hope you, I'm sure you enjoyed it. And oh I yeah, it was great. It, so. Thank you. Anyway, let's uh, close this out with the National Anthem. And uh, thank everybody for listening. Uh, God bless you. God bless the United States of America. And I will talk to you on the next podcast. 